Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. This is Trevor Moore, and you're listening to All the Kings Men on the LA Kings Podcast Network. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Now, Arvidsson and Deneau battle. Deneau feeds the middle. One-timer. Score! Trevor Moore. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Missing the tip in front was Arvidsson. Buck up by to Jersey. Feeds it down low. Left circle. Cross ice. More. Shoots and scores! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Good news. Not only did the Kings win last night, uh, we are hitting you with a doubleheader this week. This episode featuring in-arena host Kayla Kinnearum will have posted at 5 a.m. on Thursday morning. Then at 11 a.m., Jim Fox will be joining me for a live Twitter spaces where we'll essentially be doing a post-game show on the Oilers game last night and taking questions from fans about the Kings season so far. If you can't listen live, fear not. The audio will be available on Friday morning in your podcast feed. Now, let's introduce you to Kayla. Joining us now, LA Kings in arena host, Kayla Kinnearum. How are you doing today, Kayla? Doing great, fellas. This is so fun. I, this is the first time I've been on, right? Uh, yeah. You and I did the draft show. <laughs> okay, yes. That's what I was thinking COVID. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm glad to be with you all. You got a great setup here in this little studio. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. It's cozy, intimate. We, Kaylee, you're from Kansas City, correct? Okay, everyone gets this confused because I, clearly I am among them. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Great research on question one. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually from Springfield, Missouri, which is southwest Missouri. Well, technically, I was born in Columbia, which is central Missouri, M I Z. Um, my dad's from Kansas City, and my mom's from St. Louis. They met in Springfield, so that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I have the Kansas City sports fandom, the St. Louis sports fandom. So because I root for, you know, the Chiefs and the Cardinals, people think I'm from St. Louis or Kansas City. I'm I'm from neither. I grew up in Springfield, home of Brad Pitt. Okay. And Bass Pro. Okay. <laughs> um, but and then I went to Mizzou. I and I did live in St. Louis for four years working for Fox Sports Midwest. But yes, I am from Springfield. But I'll I'll take Kansas How City or St. Louis. From Kansas City is Springfield. Literally two and a half hours. Uh, you're from Kansas City. Do you, okay. <laughs> do you guys claim to be the Springfield from The Simpsons? There's been a long-standing debate about that. There was like actually a thing. I think when I was in high school, they did this countrywide contest. Like who claims the Simpton, Simpsons Springfield? I think it went to like Massachusetts. Did Mass win it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're probably a close second. I mean, there have been so many jokes in The Simpsons about where Springfield is. Um, I don't think anybody can, but anyway, whatever. That's for that's for John Rosen to. When they went on the Family Guy crossover, they were like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, Springfield," and then Stewie's like, "What state?" And Brian's like, "I don't think we're allowed to say." Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, no one knows. No one knows. But I would claim it if I lived in a Springfield. Sure. Yeah. Why for not? sure. Absolutely. Find one quirk. Like that's me. I f- I'm just always more excited about the Brad Pitt angle. Right. Then, yeah. That's. <laughs> 
I'm more excited about the Brad Pitt than <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody else. Seriously. <laughs> so then, obviously, the NFL is a big part of your life. Is that too strong a... Uh, no, I mean I I grew up watching Chiefs football. My mm-hmm. uh, my dad's diehard Kansas City sports. My mom, like I said, is from St. Louis. She's a Fairweather fan, and so growing up, it was always funny because like we would leave church early on Sundays so that we didn't miss a noon kickoff. Like that's my dad, and she would always be like, "Well, aren't you going to cheer for the Rams? I cheer for the Chiefs for you." And he was like, "No, I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Why would I root for the Rams?" Because my mom's one of six kids. She has four brothers who all had season tickets to the Rams. When we were growing up, obviously they were in St. Louis, not anymore. Um, and he was like, I am not a Rams fan. I'm a Chiefs fan. Therefore, I would never root for the Rams. Um, so that's my dad. He is a very loyal fan. He raised us on Chiefs football. We grew up going to games. When I did move to St. Louis and worked for Fox Sports Midwest, we obviously did stuff with the Rams. So I kind of had to like be careful about my fandom. But yes, born and raised Chiefs fan. But you told me walking into the studio this morning that as a child, it was one of your dreams to be a figure skater. Yes. So where where do football and figure skating collide? <laughs> well, I didn't grow up wanting to be a football player. That's for sure. Um, I actually grew up dancing. I did uh, 15 years of classical ballet. Um, and then I danced for three years in college at Mizzou. But I went through a huge Tara Lipinski obsession. What was that? Like fourth grade, 97, the Olympics in Nagano when she won the gold medal. She was my idol, her and Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, I'm a true true 90s kid. Sure. Um, I wanted to be her. I was obsessed with figure skating. And Springfield did not have an ice rink until I was in high school, I think, or maybe middle school. And by that point, you know, my Olympic dreams were dashed. Pretty sure most figure skaters in general are retired by like 18. So (laughs) you missed the boat, unfortunately. And I was like, oh, well, ballet is basically, you know, figure skating just on ice um, or, you know, vice versa. It's field figure skating. Field figure skating. Right, yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually ended up meeting Tara later on down the road and I got so starstruck. I couldn't talk. I couldn't form a sentence. She was in Branson performing at Andy Williams Theater years later. <laughs> I was I was in middle school, I think. I went with my mom. She was not meeting people. This is a quick tangent. Um, I brought flowers with me. I brought stuff for her to autograph. And we walked up and they're like, oh, Tara's actually not, you know, meeting fans. And I was like, okay, well, they were like, well, if you want to write her a note, we'll make sure she gets it. So I write her a note. And I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. I came here to see you. I would mean the world to me to meet you. And we wrote down our seat number. And right before the show starts, uh, one of the ushers comes up to us and goes, if it's okay, Tara would like to meet you at intermission. And I freaked out. There's a picture. I'll show you guys at some point. Um <laughs> I go back there at intermission and I cannot talk. I am so starstruck. I give her the flowers. I She signs my totally Tara book. She stars, signs my stars on ice shirt. <laughs> I brought everything I had. Um, and she was asking me all these questions and I just like kept looking at my mom. Like, I don't know what to say. So it was really embarrassing. But um, we actually had mutual friends later on down the road and laughed about it. Anyway, that's my figure skating obsession in a nutshell. If somebody asked me what you looked like, I don't know that I ever would have said Tara Lipinski on my own. But as soon as you said you were a huge Tara Lipinski fan, all of a sudden I was like, she kind of looks okay. a little like Tara well, Lipinski. Well, that's, that's part of the, I think, the reason I was obsessed with her. I got that all the time growing sure. up. And that's what my mom told her. And of course, I'm in my middle school. I'm in my middle school awkward phase. And my mom goes, she gets all the time that she looks like you. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Once you see the picture, you're going to be like, yeah, that's humiliating. So, um, but yes, I always got that comparison growing up. What type of hockey player would Tara Lipinski be? Great skater. 
What type? What type oh. of hockey player would Tara Lipinski be? Gosh. I mean, petite. Who's... Blake Lazat. Blake Lazat. Does she have his feistiness? I don't know. You kind of have to be. I mean, she took down Michelle Kwan. That, there, there you go. go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So They Tara... hated each other during that Olympics. I remember watching an interview with Jim... Na- that also started my Jim Nance love. Um, I- <laughs> Not a sentence I was expecting to hear today. No, but- <laughs> my Jim Nance fandom. Uh, he did an interview with Tara and Michelle right after... And you could cut the tension with a knife. They hated each other in that interview. I think they've since become friends, but I hope not. Just <laughs> keep the just figure the skating line. drama yeah. alive. There's Twenty very, years later, there's very few things that are going to get me interested in figure skating. <laughs> Bitter rivalries might be controversies with judges. Yeah, which was the first oh. experience I remember with figure skating. Yeah, two Olympics. And rivalries that extend like twenty years past their careers. Well, then yeah, you've got like it. the Tanya Nancy, which is my first memory. Of okay, that was, that was I was a little young. It's pre me. I was I was young, but I remember it. And then the movie, I told right. you. Yeah. Of course, the movie. Yeah. yeah. So how do you go from Branson to? Uh, <laughs> I love the. What's wrong with Branson? Nothing. I got to throw it in when I can. Yeah, absolutely. My uncle owns like a lodges resort place in Branson, Missouri. Dooley's Where? Lodge. Where I bet Branson, I've been there. Missouri. Yeah. Is it really Dooley's Lodge? Yeah. No, it's not. Unbelievable. Yeah. What part of Branson? I, I couldn't point Branson out on a map. You are there, been there? Are there no. multiple parts of Branson? Yeah. I thought Branson oh, yeah. was like I didn't know there were multiple parts of Missouri until this conversation. <laughs> but, Rude. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have uh, lodges in Branson. Wow. Near the water. Dooley Lodges and Resort, Branson. Yeah. I, got a, I have a Shut shirt. Up. I, will, what, I have a shirt. Let's actually pull up the address. I'll, I bet I know where it is. Uh, 1060 Crow's Nest Trail, number one, Branson, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> that could not have been a better... Plug Ad for us. your yeah. that's no, no free ads on this show, but King Sands, the next time you're in Branson, Missouri, yeah. be sure to hey, check out. They <laughs> mentioned it on a lot of stuff. Yeah. They mentioned it on Modern Family a few times. They I'm sure mentioned it on Ozark. There's a great Simpsons episode definitely, where they go to Branson. Definitely on Ozark for sure. Definitely on Ozark. I loved oh my gosh, Ozark put Missouri on the map. Well, it's already been on the map, but <laughs> for all the right reasons, too, there was right? just a hole in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, how do you get from there to LA? Okay, so where do I even begin? Um, I had always had the dream to be an actress. Like, like I said, I was obsessed with Mary Kate and Ashley. I was a weird child. I had my obsessions, and I would not get off them. I was just adamant about them. I had my parents take me to like those. Model Search America things. We went to Chicago and Kansas City. I tried getting an agent. I wanted to be an actress and a figure skater. Those are my two dreams, more than anything. Um, And it just never went away. And I actually wanted to move to L.A. right out of high school. Um, And my parents said, absolutely not. You're getting a degree, and then you can do whatever you want. So I love dancing. I auditioned for NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. I got into the dance program, not the school. (laughs) Like... (laughs) They're a little, you know, stingy about their academics. Anyway, um, so I tried out for Golden Girls at Mizzou, which is their dance team. Made that. And I was like, okay, cool. Guess I'm going to Mizzou. And it turned out to be the best four years of my life just because Mizzou was really good at the time. We had Chase Daniel. We were number one in the nation in college football for a week. It was the best streak. What are you doing over there? Just so we're clear, the best four years of your life was because the college football team at the school you attended was competitive not because of the personal experiences you had at college oh no it was all of it okay. it was all of so it so the best years like... of your life weren't the two years the LA Kings won the Stanley Cup in 2012 and 2014 oh, they were but it's oh, a total, oh, oh, oh. total so, coincidence so because the hockey team that you like was really good 
No, just the, the whole college experience as a whole. Um, and it just happened to be that we were really good in college football. At the time I was there, best in school history. Um, so I actually went to school with the intention of doing broadcast. Obviously, Mizzou has a pretty decent journalism school. It just required a lot of time outside of classes that between Golden Girls and being in a sorority, I didn't have. In hindsight, should I have done it? Yes, absolutely. But I did communications instead. So I was like, oh, next best thing. Plus, I knew I wanted to move to L.A. right out of college to try acting. So graduate, moved to L.A. literally two months later. Um, lived on a friend's couch for two months, got a job at the PF Chang's in Santa Monica, which I don't think is there anymore. Sadly, I was there recently and it's, I don't think it's there anyway. Um, got an agent, had auditions, nannied, worked for Vita Coco as a brand representative, finally got a job at the Four Seasons as a hostess. Um, my biggest audition was for Ted, the original, the first one, um, as Michelle or Mila Kunis's best friend at work, Michelle. The only reason I got it is because I had a random connection a cousin out here. I didn't know about, she was a celebrity manicurist and, um, one of her clients was Sheila Joffe, who's the casting director for all of Mark Wahlberg's movies. Anyway, she got me in the door for that. Didn't get it, but I just, I, I took lessons and I was like, I kind of suck at acting. <laughs> it's actually really hard. And now I know why these actors and actresses are paid what they're paid because it's actually, it's not easy. Um, and I just had this realization that I'm better at being myself. Um, and I didn't, I was worried they said like Jenna Fisher, it took her 10 years to get a, a job um, where she got a credit or something. And that's freaked me out. I'm like, I don't want to spend all this time at something that may or may not ever happen. And here I am trying to make it in sports. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so around that time, I'm working at the Four Seasons. A guy walks in wearing an OU football shirt. And I go, oh, my gosh. Like, I went to Mizzou. Big 12. Yay. This is when Mizzou was in the Big 12. And um, long story short, he – I. He, I was like, do you go to a lot of games? He said, we are there for work. I said, who do you work for? He said, ABC, ESPN. And I go, oh my gosh, Aaron Andrews has my dream job. That was like the first thing out of my mouth. And he's like, yeah, we work with Aaron every week. So I sit them at their table. Then they leave. He says he's in town for the ESPYs. And he's like, hey, would you want to come down and be a stand-in for us the day before the show? He goes, we just need people to stand in as we do our run-through. He goes, um, I can't pay you, but I'll give you tickets to the ESPYs. And I'm like, okay. He's like, bring your friends. Like, we need more the merrier. Of course, it was like Tuesday on a Tuesday at noon. So all my friends had real jobs. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go and see what happens. So he puts me in front of the teleprompter. I stood in for Hannah Storm, did the whole two hour pre-show, came back the next day for the ESPYs. He actually put me on the broadcast because his buddy's band was performing during pregame. So he has me holding up their album. (laughs) They pan on me, pan up to the band, walk the red carpet next to Justin Bieber, um, went to the show. (laughs) It was crazy. And we just kept in touch after that. It turns out he was the executive producer for all of the primetime college football games on ABC. So he's like the Fowler Herb Street producer. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good connection to make. And he tried getting me into the PA program in Bristol. And I was like, yeah, I went to the school. I went to school with the intention of doing broadcast for one reason or another. Didn't happen. But I would love to get, like turn down this path. Um, so yeah, he had me, um, put me in touch with people in Bristol, had an interview for the PA program. First interview was great. Second interview was so hard. It was just like questions about sports. I wasn't as familiar with cause they try to weed people out. 
Um, and then it clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, Fox Sports Midwest was always at Mizzou Games. I wonder if I know anyone that works there. So I reached out to my college dance coach, and she was like, I don't know anyone. I'll reach out to the athletic department and see what I can find. And it was literally that same day she got an email from the athletic department before she even reached out to anybody about an opening at Fox Sports Midwest for the Fox Sports Girls program, which I don't know if you remember from years ago. Um, They had it at Fox Sports West. So they had one to two girls at every RSN. I guess there was like 11 RSNs that had them. And we were basically like the face of the network. So we did all of the honor promos for upcoming games. Um, We did all the social media, fan events. Uh, It was a great way to get a a foot in the door, having not had any really journalism experience prior to this. Anyway, so I emailed the guy immediately. I was like, this is my dream. (laughs) I've I've had a lot of dreams, as we've established so far. had an interview with him, met with the head of marketing out in L.A. because the guy who started it was based in L.A., Big Fox, we called it. Um, they overnighted Cardinals and blue stuff for me to wear for this audition. I read some scripts, and they were like, can you move to St. Louis in two weeks to start? <laughs> and I was like, yes. So moved to St. Louis, worked for Fox Sports and West in what that year role. Is this, this is 2012. Okay. So 2012, February of 2012, moved there. Did that job for three years. They ended the program um, in spring of 2015. So all 22 girls or whatever were let go the same day. But I got to go to three MLB All-Star Games, the Super Bowl in New York. We did a trip to visit troops in Germany. Another trip to visit troops in Fort Bragg for the Fox Sports Spring Training to the Troops Initiative. Um, So it was just a great way to get my feet wet, foot in the door, in front of a camera. Um, Again, a lot with social media, a lot at fan events. Like I said, they wanted us to be essentially the face of the network. Girls next door, big fans of your teams, like authentic. Um, But when that ended, it was tricky because I wanted to continue in this industry. And they were like, you have experience. It's just not the right kind of experience because you haven't been on live TV. They would put us on the pregame or the postgame, but nothing that was like credible, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say. You weren't an analyst. You exactly. Weren't, right. We weren't breaking down stats or, you know, talking about players. It was just like, hey, we're the Fox Sports girls. Like, very pom-pom cheerleader-ish. And we were always adamant about breaking out of that image. Um, but we knew what the role was, and it just wasn't that. So, like, Jenny Taft, she was a friend of mine. She is a friend of mine. She um, did the same role at Fox Sports North, and then she got on it with FS1 after that. So it's definitely helped people in their the careers. Softball, softball pitcher? No. No, who am I joking? You're thinking Jenny Finch. That's so sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Apologies. I I, I didn't know if you were making a joke. (laughs) You actually thought they were the same person. Wrong Jenny. It's okay. It's okay. Um, So from Fox, I emailed everybody, had all the meetings, got my reel together, ended up getting a job in Chicago at Fansided. Um, So I worked with them for two years just doing – working as a digital host, video content producer. So that was a great way to start doing daily reps. I was writing scripts. I was shooting my own videos and stand-ups. I was editing. I was producing. I was doing weekly shows. And so that gave me a whole new skill set that I didn't have before. After about two years, I just kind of felt like I had gotten everything out of the role that I was going to. We were in Chicago, all which was 
Love Chicago in the summer, not so much in the winter. But because we're in the Midwest, you're limited. And all of my interviews were phone interviews. And I was just like, I want to be back in the mix of things. Like, I'd love to get into entertainment, hosting and reporting. And I actually had a few calls with E, met with them. Um, They didn't say like, yeah, we're going to bring you on, but they were interested. So I end up, and I just felt like I wanted a different experience and I didn't want to become complacent. So left that job in 2018. So I was in Chicago from 2016 to 2018, moved to LA in 2018 with no job. My parents were like, what are you doing? (laughs) You can't do that. I'm like, well, it's going to work out. It's fine. And within, I'm not kidding, like a month or two, this opening with the Kings came across me somehow. I don't even remember who sent it to me or if I just found it online. And so I'm like, okay, great. Applied, sent my reel in, had the in-person meeting, interview, um, had the callbacks at Staples. I don't even remember how many people were there, but it was a very intense audition process. Um, I would say there was at least 30 people there and then they just kept cutting it throughout the day and into the night. Um, and then there were six of us left, the three guys, three girls, and they had me do a few preseason games with two of the guys and then, um, cut it from there. So been with the Kings ever since. That was a very long story, but that's how I ended up back in LA for a second time. <laughs> so let's get into the gig. Yes. On a game day, mm-hmm. what time are you showing up? Well, that differs. Uh, yesterday we were there at, our meeting was at four for a, what, 720 puck drop. Uh, I think the rest of the week it's 3.30. We never know really like why, <laughs> what the rhyme or reason is. I guess it just depends on when we get on ice time for rehearsals and how much we need to practice beforehand. But it's anywhere from, yeah, 3.30 to 4, sometimes 4.30. I guess it was 4.30 last year. 3.30 or 4, typically. They moved the meeting yeah. from last year to this yes, year because, because... Okay, you can... Ex- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last year, we had like a very good record, the Kings did, mm-hmm. when... I saw Kayla and Mikey before the game yep. and we would have like a press box. It was like right when I would get there and they would finish their meeting on the other side, mm-hmm. they would be coming to go downstairs, maybe eat. I was just getting up to set up and we would have like a brief interaction and the Kings were Fist pumps. Kings were probably like, I don't know, 20 and 0, just to estimate <laughs> when that happened. And then like oh and 21 when they didn't. Yep. But then they changed the meeting. Mm-hmm. So now it's before I get there. We don't see Dolce anymore. And we've only had that interaction once, but it happened against Minnesota last night and the Kings won. So I think there's something to the meeting magic. It's true. It's true. Uh, But they, like he said, they moved the meeting on us. So then we don't get that interaction as much anymore. We almost started going up like after you get there, just so we can fist bump and talk. The other day. And and we won again. It was maybe the the Panthers. But if I'm being honest, I'm not going to get there early (laughs) in order to do this. I'm I'm going to keep getting there at the same time. (laughs) So if they want to move the meeting, I would love to hit, you know, bring the karma back, but, okay. I, but I'm not going to get there early. That's fair. It. We're there very early. Yeah, I'm very rigid with my schedule. I actually don't know what the reason is, but I will say a little BTS, Trevor and I are usually the last ones to the meeting. <laughs> actually, I'm I'm typically always late. I'm trying to be better. He, I'm going to throw him under the bus right now. I don't know why I'm doing this, but he's always late. LA traffic. It's a built-in excuse. It's always LA traffic. It's always Just, you know, well, and I then the rain, although, the rain. Traffic. It was raining. One of the few lessons that I always took away from my retail experience was I had a manager, and I was late one day by I don't know whatever five minutes, ten minutes, because I was coming down the four hundred five. I used to work in Costa Mesa, and I lived in Long Beach, and whatever His bus broke down and caused traffic. And I told my manager, oh, "I'm sorry, traffic, whatever." And she said, "Traffic's an excuse for being two hours late." 
you know, something oh. like catastrophic happens, like that is truly outside of the scope of your control, fine. But if you're 10 minutes late because of traffic, that just means you didn't leave early enough. Ooh, that's, like, wow. yeah, so that's moral, true. She was not wrong. Moral of the story is to show up an hour late. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. Luckily, say, I did ah, that traffic. for the uh, yeah. Empire Classic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's a built-in excuse. Ontario? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I was a solid hour late for yeah. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that actually tracks. looked into taking flights from LAX to Ontario. Rather I don't blame than you. Drive. That's a, that, drive. that drive yeah. is a mess. Yeah, it's brutal. Ugh. So it sounds like from your resume um, that you have had a number of – a lot of experience in a number of different parts of this industry. Mm-hmm. How much did that experience help you out when you landed the Kings hosting gig? So, I mean, all the experience – that's what's – Thank, great point. Like it's like every job I've had has given me a new um, tool mm-hmm. to add to the kit, and it's all culminated to help me in every job I've had ever since. Um, because the King's job was the first job I had where I was doing live hits, like in front of people using an IFB. I'd never worked with an earpiece before, um, but because I'd had. The Fox stuff where we were doing stuff with fans and we weren't like I wasn't rehearsing doing, you know, like sponsored reads for anything. But um, just the fan aspect there and then the the digital hosting stuff in Chicago at Fansided, um, just being in front of a camera and getting those reps and reps are so important. And it gave me an ability to, you know, it's not live. You can mess up. You can edit things. Um, and then this was the first job where I was really thrown into something where, hey, you're live in front of people and it's not ideal to mess up. So you need to be on. You need to <laughs> know your stuff. It's definitely not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Don't want to do that in front of, you know, 18,000 fans at Crypto.com Arena. So, um, yeah, every job I've had is definitely added another piece to the puzzle and it's it's made me better at this, you know, this craft and this industry and I, I'm thankful for every opportunity that's getting me closer and closer. Since you do have such a diverse background with it, if the LA Kings were like, Kayla, we love you. We want to give you whatever job here you want to try. Which job would you want to try? Is it like on camera? You know, maybe it's stealing Jesse's job or my job or someone else's <laughs> job. What would you like? Oh, I'd love to try this on the broadcast side. I'm, I mean, the, the dream and the goal is obviously to make the jump to television. I would never want to take Carlin's job. She does a great job and I love her. And not taking her job, but yes, I, I do have dreams of, you know, eventually, you know, jumping to TV. I had a question and I deferred and now the question, <laughs> somehow the question drifted away from my brain. Um, performing in front of 18,000 people, though, mm-hmm. it is a performance. But to your point, it's also being you, right? It's exactly. Not yeah. But it, it is it's bringing your personality. Of, you're playing the role of Kayla Kinnearum. Yes. And that's what's been not necessarily a challenge but there's a lot of well in the the first few years there was a lot of sponsor copy it's like how do you read an ad to people where they don't get bored where you're adding your own personality and so it's funny Mikey and I are very different I learn a lot from him I try to be more like him in terms of just kind of going off script I'm great about Here's my copy. Memorize it. Go. I can memorize really well. I've always had that ability. I think I have a little bit of a photographic memory. So if I read it enough, then I can see it in my my head and, and just be able to recite it. Whereas he's good about just like really bringing his personality through, not necessarily reading it word for word, adding in his own, you know, flavor. So... 
for me, my challenge has always been do more ad lib, go off script. Hey, this is the copy. It doesn't have to be word for word. You can add your own, you know, personality to it. So, but it, it is, it's like, it's being yourself in this role while also getting the message across to fans. I can't remember who was, I was talking to somebody very recently and I was giving an example of like, oh, I played, I played, uh, an episode of the podcast and for the first, whatever, 15 seconds, it's a read for Jack Black. And they looked at it and they crinkled their nose up and they were like, that's not you. I was like, no, I, I promise you it is. And they were like, but that's not your voice. And I was like, well, no, it's my, it's my podcast voice, <laughs> I, but it's not that different. It just, I was reading copy, right? Like I was not being, I was being a version of myself, but not my right. authentic self. Or okay. Whatever that means. To that point, I don't, I've, this has always bothered me too. Well, when I first started, they're like, your voice is really high. Like try to like bring it down a little. Cause you talk like this. <laughs> no, I was like way up here. No, like, I'm saying they want you to. Oh talk yes. Yet. They want. Yes. And I'm like, all right. Uh, don't know how to do that aside from, you know, drinking my, whiskey my before yeah. games, <laughs> <laughs> um, which could make it. If you guys want to provide night. it, like, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Um, so that's something I've had to work on. And then I think over time, your voice just does naturally get deeper, but I don't have a broadcast voice. I didn't go to broad uh, like journalism school. Like I worked with a girl, back at you know my early days where she would be talking to you regularly and then she would just turn it on to and I was like she was two different people and I'm like oh wow I don't have that that's something that's always concerned me with especially wanting to make the jump to broadcast at some point is I'm like I don't have a broadcast voice I just it's just my voice I don't know so I think a that's lot good of it, that you're able to no, turn it on I hate it and oh. I don't and I don't think I do it consciously I just think when you're focusing like when you said you have a photographic memory right? when when you're reciting something that somebody else wrote in their own words mm-hmm. because it's not your words my theory anyway you're you're not being your you now you are performing yeah but you're performing uh, an, a commercial if that makes any sense right no it, yeah Exactly. Yeah. So here's the question that I thought that skipped my mind. And, oh. and Mikey, I say this with all love and respect because I know you're listening. Uh-oh. <laughs> how, do you, how do you be around Mikey <laughs> so long <laughs> and not go out of, your, out of your mind? That's the meanest question. No, no. And I said, listen, I know Mikey's listening and Mikey knows that I love him. But I said when we had him on, I, he is high energy. He... I thought I had high energy. I look like I'm sleeping next to him. Like, God love Mikey. Yes, he and is. And we do, Mikey. We love you. We do. I, we all know you're listening. He is an absolute joy to work with. Um, He is so positive, so encouraging. He's just, like, the best teammate. Lots of energy. He, um, I don't know. It doesn't. <laughs> Some some people we work with where they're like, Mikey, calm down. Like, just, <laughs> just bring it down a few notches. Um, he knows who he is. We love him, too. But I don't know. Like, I actually enjoy the positivity. Like, it just – it it makes the job so much more enjoyable when you're working with someone who's loving what they do, who's kind, who's goes out of his way to talk to every single fan. I'm like, you're making me look bad here. But, <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely brought me out of – because before the first few seasons we were here, we had I, – I would get very nervous before games. We There was a lot of hits. There was a lot of copy. And I was so focused on getting every hit right and being in the right place and knowing where the camera was and making sure all the ice crew were there and, like, all the things where I 
only focused on that and I wasn't really focusing on the fans around me. And I've realized over the years that it's so important to connect with the fans because that's the reason why we're there. Um, and he's really, because he's so good at that. And he, for the first few years, that's all he did was, you know, watch parties and fan events. So he got kind of a, a jump on that there. Um, but he's really shown me the importance of knowing that we're there to be the host, but also to, you know, interact with people and get to know them and, um, form friendships with them as well. So, uh, He's the best. He's one of a kind. He also drinks. Did he tell you he drinks like frappuccinos before or after games from McDonald's? I'm like, he did not. that's the last thing you need. Yeah. You, need <laughs> you need like. They're good. You should maybe drink some frappuccinos and he should maybe have some of the whiskey. I, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always drink a coffee before, but I'm like. Those McDonald's frappuccinos are loaded with mm-hmm. sugar. On top of the caffeine. On yeah. top. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, I've asked him before. I'm like, what? what do you drink or eat before games? Cause this is not like a natural level of energy that anyone should have. <laughs> He's like, Oh, well I have, sometimes have frappuccinos. Um, I can't remember if he has them before or after games, why he would have them after a game. I'm already hyper after games. Like it takes me a few hours yeah. to come down. Um, but anyway, yes, his, his energy is unmatched. That's for sure. Tuesday night Kings are playing the wild. I have a friend, Keith, hi Keith, who is from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So he comes to one game a year, wears his Zach Brise Jersey, I went down to Upper Concourse to meet him. We're sitting there chatting. All of a sudden, I feel two hands on my shoulders. It's Mikey. <laughs> Big hug. How you doing? Okay. Introduce around. He instantly engages with mm-hmm. my friend and his two friends who he's brought to the game. I just kick back and let the <laughs> event happen. He's got to go. He's got to, you know, clearly getting pulled in some direction by somebody. Within two steps of him leaving our little group of people, as I'm watching him leave, Hey, that guy and he sees another person and like just the <laughs> tornado hit a different town and i'm just watching it it's amazing i love the guy it is, and it's completely genuine because in the first few years we were like is he doing this for show or is this like for real <laughs> it is some, for real some daryl evans in him right you're 100%. like how could yes. this person possibly be like this genuinely nice then you realize like oh he just is like that's this, just this who is he is who these people that are. is exactly who he is and i'm bad with names and he remembers everybody's name i'm like it's not just the fans. It's all of the Crypto.com Arena staff. It's the elevator attendants. It's literally everybody. Also, we're the last ones to leave every time because after games, we're always in section 115 for you know potential pump-ups. And he's in the crowd talking to everybody as they're exiting. We're in the hallways talking to everyone in the concourse. Uh, then we have to go to the Clipper Club to get our stuff. Then we're kind of like debriefing. Then we have to take our mics and IFBs back up to Tim in the sound booth. Tim is over us. We've, <laughs> he's like, an hour after the game, we're bringing our stuff up. Not really. But uh, just because Mikey talks to everybody, leaving, on the way out, just, you know, getting pictures, even just like fist bumping all the the employees and so now tim's asked that we bring our mics and uh pack up immediately after games <laughs> and then do the rest so we're getting on that new groove but yes uh just totally totally genuine that mikey so when it's not a game day what other sports stuff are you involved in these days well when it's not a game day i clearly wear less makeup less false eyelashes less <laughs> fake hair hey me too yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was good, Duels. Um, 
Well, I I did have a full-time job, got laid off that in May, so I am actively looking for, you know, something to fill my days with. Obviously got kings at night. Um, I am currently doing a podcast uh, for the – it's not for the Chiefs, but it's a Chiefs podcast um, through Odyssey. What's it called? Uh, It's always game day in Kansas City, so we talk all things Chiefs, which – we had Chargers night recently, and that's always an interesting <laughs> tough time. One. Yeah. Tough one for you. Um, so, yeah, love talking Chiefs football. Um, where do and people then, find that if they want to listen to it? It's on, I mean, wherever you get your podcast. Wherever fine podcasts Where, are curated? Sure. Exactly. Uh, it's always game day in Kansas City. And then I do a weekly betting show also through Odyssey, uh, BetQLU for college football, one hour a week. But that's what we've got going right now. Do you listen to uh, it's? What is it? It's always game day in Kansas City. It's always game day in Kansas City. Are you a subscriber, Zach? I prefer to listen to episodes that talk about Tyreek oh, Hill's current <laughs> placement as the NFL's leader in receiving yards with the Miami Dolphins. Your Miami Dolphins. It's my um, Miami Dolphins. There, depending on what happens with Josh Allen, oh. look out, Miami. Here come the fish. Miami's a contender. Yep, most exciting team in my entire life, which says more about the <laughs> the poor play over the last 30 years than it does about the current play because they're only like six and three. But Is your mom still a Rams fan? No. She was never really a Rams fan, <laughs> I don't think. She she roots for the Chiefs. She's all Chiefs out now. Like She doesn't really have a choice. But yeah. I don't know that she was ever really But now a you Rams live fan. in L.A. The Rams live in L.A. There's no... Like, right. Yeah. No. Uh, she... Um, I think she just sticks to the Missouri teams. Are um, your folks at least Kings fans now? Yes, All absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. It's important. Well, and it's funny because, like, I didn't – being in Springfield, obviously our only NHL team was the Blues. And my dad was never like, – he was so football. Like, we didn't really – I didn't really grow up around hockey that much. It wasn't until I worked for Fox Sports Midwest that I was, like, around it all the time. And, yes, I did represent the Blues for a few seasons. But we won't we won't talk about that. That was my former life. But, it's um, in the past. It's in the past. Yeah. But, yeah. Do we want to play the game now, or do we want to? You got anything else, those, or should we just hop right into it? No, we can, we can play the game. So I was <gasps> struggling to come up with categories, which okay. you'll understand why in a second. Okay. I couldn't say them or ask Zach about them in advance. But talking to Kayla and learning the details of her past, I it's come I, to a you. category presented itself. Okay, so okay. we're gonna play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Um, okay, or what we call the Rotten Tomatoes game. It's come to my attention that there are other games called the Rotten Tomatoes game that have different rules, but. The rules of this one are, you and Zach are each going to give two movies. One that you think has a high score on Rotten Tomatoes, and one that you think has a low score on Rotten Tomatoes. And whoever has the biggest gap between their scores wins the game. And the category we're going to go with is Brad Pitt movies. Let's go. Ooh. Let's go. What? By the way, neither here nor there, what's the movie with the highest... Rotten Tomatoes. Or I guess there can be more than one, yes. Yeah, there's tons. There's I mean, Dennis, or not Dennis, Patrick, what did he yeah, say? Yeah, uh, he had like a 97. A I think it was Bad News Bears Bad was News 97%. Bears, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so. Well, and what was the, I remember um, Parasite, didn't that have a really high Rotten Tomatoes rating? Well, now you're, uh, not that Brad Pitt was in Parasite, but now you're committing the sin that Mikey loves to commit, yeah. which is just throwing out names oh. of movies <laughs> <laughs> to be used for the future. So I probably had He's a wearing off on me. 
Can, um, can I give like a quick scan to Brad Pitt's Wikipedia? Like, I feel like I have a few off the top no. of my head. Is that cheating? Yes, that's cheating. Like, just oh, to remember so what have, he was in. Which one has the highest Rotten Tomatoes rating? And then one that has a low Rotten Tomatoes rating. Or at least low enough to have you win the game. So we're going to start with Kayla because Kayla's, you know, the visitor. Yeah. So, I'm trying uh, to rack my brain here. Um, I mean, the man has an impressive filmography. I mean, I think you got to go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I, that does have a good score because I picked it when we did movies about L.A. And oh. it did well. It did well. I'm going to say Inglorious Bastards. Oh, oh. two excellent choices oh. right out the hop. QT times two. You might win that. A couple of Tarantinos. What did you say, Inglorious Bastards? With yeah. an E, as I recall. What's a bad one? So, Kayla, now you have to pick uh, a low-rated Brad Pitt movie, or one that you think will be uh, low enough to win. A low Brad... Like, the lowest possible, or...? You want, like, the worst Brad Pitt movie of all time. Yeah. I feel like the Mexican was bad. It bombed. What a great pick. <laughs> wow. Julia Roberts I actually never watched it but I don't think it did well and with those two you think it would I think you're right and I actually kind of like that movie oh um, see I, need, but, I, need, I have never watched it but I think you're right I think it also did not do well Zach I just remember Lowe, it got a lot of I'm gonna say Mr. and Mrs. Smith another excellent pick alright so it. for whatever reason my laptop is slow to pull up the okay here we go the Mexican and Mr. and Mrs. Smith Okay, this is going to be pretty close, I think. Hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> and then although, do we go like middle? Nope. This is oh, just this is just now high just, low. Yep. High low. It's all about the uh, the 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 difference. Okay. Oh, I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this is going to be really close. All right. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, eighty five. It's good. The Mexican, fifty four. Ooh. Okay, so that's a pretty good. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards, 89. All right. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 59. I can't do math. Did I win? <laughs> you did. Yes! <laughs> Woo! By, by one. Yeah. Oh. That's, I think that might That's be as close as we in, get. Yeah. In podcast Ooh. history. Leave it to Brad. Yeah. Brad, classic. But yeah, one, 30 to 31. Just out of curiosity, what was Metro Black? Because I love that movie. That is another good one. And I don't think it... Doesn't hold up Rotten Tomatoes-wise? I don't know. When did Rotten Tomatoes come around? Because Well, they've gone back and caught all the movies that oh, okay, came out before okay. I was going to say, like, Legends of the Fall. 44%. That would have been a good oh, one. Oh, good, good pick. Oh, I should have said that. Now, this we're going to do one more round. In this category, I had already selected. Um, and apologies, it's not an actor from Springfield. but it, So we're going to do Paul Rudd movies. <laughs> oh, love Paul. Yeah. Paul Rudd. KC okay. guy. And, yep. uh, Zach, you get first pick this time. Hmm. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. I don't know any. Oh, geez. It's certainly not based around Paul Rudd, but he's in it. He is definitely in it. Is this going for best or worst right now? We'll start with, well, either way, but let's start with best. I'm trying to think of Paul Rudd movies. Oh, man. I know. <clears throat> Knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent. Uh... He was in it. Yeah. He was in it. It didn't really we... revolve around him, but he was no, in it. That's all right. That's he's there. The, uh, yeah. And Zach, a low score for Paul Rudd. This is 40. Mm. Interesting. The sequel to Knocked Up. Yeah. I had um, another one in mind that I feel like might be worse, but I liked that movie, so I didn't say it. All right. Uh, did Wow, This is 40 is a lot older than I thought it was. 
Uh, was it like 2019? 2012. No. Is it the right one? Yeah. Paul Rudd, Leslie Mann, John Lithgow. If you told me that movie came out in like 2018, 2019, I would have said, yeah, that sounds right. If you told me it came out in 2021, yeah, I would I think I would have believed it. Yeah. That was like the sequel to Knock, uh, yeah. Knocked mm-hmm. Up, right? That was that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Kayla, a bad or worse than... I should have said not for bad, but for good. I should have said clueless. Oh well. Um, Probably should have. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Don't it's too it, late. Don't yeah. pick it the uh, other way. Ant Man was he an Ant Man? Yeah, he was. Was that a good movie? I didn't watch it. I'm going to give you a mulligan on that one because I Ant Man. I don't know, but that did I well. Like Ant Man probably. I think all those movies will probably be decently rated. Yeah. Why can't I think of another Paul Rudd movie? Oh my gosh. Um. Guys, I'm blanking. Was he in one with like um who was he start alongside? A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen, a lot. Oh, okay, That's true. okay. Uh oh, there's a ooh, ooh. there's a much better one I could have used, but Oh shoot. Was he an anchor man? Yep. He was. That's a, gonna be a good one though. Good That's too. not a bad Which means he was also in uh, shut up, Jesse. <laughs> Guys, I cannot think right now. Anchorman 2. There you go. <laughs> I'm cheating for you. Uh, it's right. collusion. It is. All right. Now I have to Oh, look 40-year-old up. virgin. Yep. Now they're all coming they're to all me. They're all coming mm-hmm. back. Okay. I was thinking Role Models is the other one that I, I love. Role I like that movie, yeah. but I feel like it was not well-rated. Was he in Horrible Bosses? I don't know. Was he? Jennifer Aniston. He, yeah. If he was, it was not in a starring no, capacity. No. Uh, Anchorman 2 Legend Continue is not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, Dooley's definitely taking this I feel like one. I'm not winning this. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, a shocking 94%. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just outrageous. That that 94, wow. Uh, and this is 40, 52%. So a okay. nice good spread on that one. I actually haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's any good. This is 40, but... I wouldn't have guessed 52. Knocked up 89, Anchorman 2, 75. So... 75, yeah. huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. Anchorman 2? Uh-huh. Wow. Oh. Knocked up coming in 89. That's pretty... Yeah. It's pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good guess. What was yeah. Roll Is that better than Once Upon a Role Time models. in Hollywood? Look. Yeah. Uh, according, according to the critics. I really like... If Role Models is bad, it's going to hurt my feelings. Um, Role Models was... Again, my laptop. The internet. The internet in the studio needs. It's uh, it's uh, seventy seven. Okay, with that. All right. Yeah. What was Ant Man? That uh, 80, Mulligan. Eighty two. I think oh. something like that. Marvel movies are not probably. It's not really movie. reflective of the quality. It's just like they're they're a wagon. People are very good at making movies these days, and they're yeah. very good at making those movies. Kayla, I think we're probably going to wrap it up here. Paul Rudd was also a voice on The Simpsons, and there we are, full circle. Okay, there. there that, you go. That's how we started. That's how you wrap it up. <laughs> there you go. I'll throw in a uh, Simpsons sound effect there. There we go. Um, which who was he on The Simpsons? Was he Paul Rudd? Uh, I think so. All right. I mean, that as himself. Yeah. There you go. All right, Kayla. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. We we'll should do it again soon. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Let's well, do now it. we're gonna have you and Mikey come back and Perfect. face off against Perfect. each other. Perfect. Oh, is. game on. He's gonna smoke me, but, but it's he's fine. not allowed Perfect. to drink any frappuccinos before he comes. In. Okay, deal. All right. It's the only way I'll come. Excellent. <laughs>